Welcome back to another episode of the Exterminatus Podcast, all things competitive in the world of Warhammer 40,000. My name's Eric, with me is my co-host Robert, and we are knee-deep in the thick of it. Yeah, it's only week two of the 2022 <clears throat> ITC season, and we already have a major event to talk about with some top players. So I guess that comes to my first question, Robert. Does the ITC really need an off-season for people to kind of recharge and retool? Well, I believe half of the population would say yes, another half of the population would say no, and then the entire population would go, wait a minute, there's competitive <laughs> season? Yeah, no, um, the the idea of a off-season is, is tempting, but at the same time, when you don't have an off-season, that means a person who can't make it to events during the actual competitive season, if it was something in like the later half of the year can push for all of his events earlier in the year and then kind of pick and pull what events he can get, what they can get into in the later half of the year. So it's an off season would be nice for like data management and stuff, but for players, I'm pretty sure we might as well be in, eating caffeine pills for breakfast and just going <laughs> to games every morning. So it's interesting bringing that up because uh, from a player's perspective, there's there kind of is an off-season in that the month of December, there's not a whole lot because of the holidays. You know, between Thanksgiving here in the United States and then Christmas worldwide, December is generally a slow month. And it's just kind of odd where people kind of look at it. Okay, what's the rules cutoff date? What's going to be the last codex to be released before LVO? So that gives you five weeks to really hobby down and fine tune your list. But it's almost like a sprint, almost like a bye week to get ready for the championships. Especially with the way things are now shaping up. We've got a new season with new missions and a new format from the ITC. And we're already two weeks in with several events under our belts, not just uh, your local friends playing in their basement. I mean, these are major, what well, what used to be called major events. So it just seems, can we just, you know, do we need the pause button? I think you hit it right for data collection and figure out what's going on. Yeah. Um, the fact that there's going to be two seasons of mission packs, that actually does bring up a good question because um, if your ITC score is made up of your best six events, well, what happens if a mission in the first half of the season is really strong for your army, but then the second half of the season, that same mission got changed and now your army can't do that one very well anymore. So if you were to split it into here's the spring half of the season and the um, fall half. Okay, we're going to take your three best scores out of each of those and make that your entire score, which is what they do already. But at that point, it cuts the season in half. So that way it's a more focused pool of data rather than you're trying to scrape for points by going to your 10th event of the year and trying to get that fifth 100 or whatever. Yeah, you up a good vet, good, very good point there because we, we kind of touched on it, I want to say in the last, I know we just talked a lot in the last three episodes, I'm not sure which one, 
should we start having a six-month season, crown a champion at the six-month mark? So the idea would be the championships for the first season would be Nova, and then LVO would be the season two, whatever the next season, however we want to do it. Be like UFC, you know, where you have multiple seasons, like that sort of thing. Um, you hit it around the head. I mean, just looking at this mission pack, and I was talking over with a good friend of mine today. It, one of those hidden details that people aren't picking up on is most of those scoring things in secondaries that we're all used to, you have to have a minimum of three models in the squad. So all of a sudden, things like mm-hmm. um, engage in all fronts, if I whittle your unit down to one or two guys, you know, bad news is, yeah, I'm not going to force a bunch of morale check this point forward. But now that unit is pretty uh, pretty useless for scoring. It's not going to get any secondaries. Yeah, like actually um, an idea, like an actual example from my custodes, um, because the Lord's Terminators can be taken in a unit of one to six now, the original engage would have been great because you pay... 60 something points for a single body and you just go that corner that that corner it's a single 40 millimeter base that can fit into almost any space well that's not super viable anymore for engaging all fronts no it's not that's a huge expense for a and, custodes play. Well, yeah how many points have you said they were 40 60 it's a 40 millimeter 60. base that's what you said so you're looking at a minimum of 180 for a three-man squad Yep, and then you get into more, like more armies like Tyranids with their Lictors and other stuff like that. Um, and heck, even Tau, cough cough, um, with their old stat of guess what? We fly twenty inch Cold Star Commanders. Yeah, they can't point. do that anymore. <laughs> so I get it. The high end players are probably already you know they some were invited to the big event in GW. Some got preview copies, and so they're already practicing those missions, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I get it. They've been out for two weeks, so is that where we're going, is that you have to, if you want to compete, you got to get going. But to your point, do you wait wait for that moment where I can get six events in while my codex is still hot before a nerf bat hits it? It, it's kind of one of those interesting areas of you know how does this all going to work? Yeah, it's definitely a um, like using Drukari. Like, okay, the original Drukari list was good at basically everything. Then the initial nerfs of things come in, don't really have to change anything. Okay, next wave of nerfs comes in. Now you go to Thick City, which plays almost all the missions really well still um but now i don't know exactly how this new mission pack affects them because obviously some other nerfs came in and stuff like that so it's a like i know you're still right working on your list after going well oh what's funny is is that the the uh balance data slate didn't really affect my ability to win the missions. What really changed was for the easiest one, because it helped, it affects a lot of other armies as well, like Rod. Uh, now that you mm-hmm. could fail it, 
So that makes it a little bit harder because a lot of times those units that were really good at sneaking around and grabbing rods, such as like a single Urgle, that's out of you know, that doesn't happen anymore. Mandrakes are still pretty good, but they're not the most durable models. So you take one shot at them. If you can kill two or three in one volley, all of a sudden I go from eh, I fail it on a one to failing it on a five. You know, so it's like a four, you know one one through four. Mm-hmm. So those are concerns. Um, things like that. You know, you look at uh, yes. Gage on fronts definitely for Drakari is not great. And um, so there's a couple of missions that you're like, and uh, are really just against you. And you have to kind of rethink, okay, what goes where, you know, do I bulk up on models and certain models need to be able to hold down objectives and now playing the reserve game. Can I get out and be in those positions in the right place? Now, on the other hand, um, did some practice games, teleport homers suddenly looks good. Whereas in the old Mitchell pack, I'd be like, no way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a a thing of if you're only if you're gonna wait to if you're not going to play the missions that your army's bad at, then that's gonna be your choice because you're gonna have to double up on all of the practice to be really good at that second half of the season. Whereas everyone else will have all the practice for the first half of the season. And then that change to the second half probably won't be as, right. as, as hard. So, and especially if you were planning on changing armies, good grief, you know, getting, unless you're <laughs> Phil from last week and, you know, putting together Sister's Army in record time. Uh, if you're changing armies and trying to get reps in, you, you're, you're kind of putting yourself at disservice, which, I don't know, baby, is that the goal? That you stay with the same army for year after year, season after season? Not really sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... I know with <laughs> our other co-host, Ray, who is still lost to the bit of the warp called working on Mondays. Um, he he doesn't admit, but he has army AD. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he he will hop armies to what he thinks looks cool or whatever. But if you're a competitive person, that's a, that can be a really big sudden change, like a sudden knee jerk reaction to, oh look at that, Tyranids are current hotness. Oh, the Crusher Stampede got nerfed. Right, and you just bought all the big bugs, which are you know still a fair amount of you know that we talk a lot about hobby lag as well. You know, for example, if when Grey Knights become the new hotness, the current Grey Knight build is not that different from the fifth edition build. So if you have those models lying around and most likely mm-hmm. are painted because you had time to paint them, you can get those on the table pretty quick. Tyranid's Treasure Stampede is very yeah. You have your Hive Guard, but uh, you know, it's having that many of the bigger bugs may or may not have those. Uh, Nidzilla list hasn't been popular in decades, so that may take you a little time to get those onto the table, especially with the supply chain lags mm-hmm. throughout the country and throughout the world. You may not just even get those models available. Like one, you know, one of the things we're looking at is back to the Jakar example. We had the Urgles were awesome for all those action monkeys. 
those models were impossible to find. Now it's like, uh, uh, don't really need them now. Yeah, and, and going with an army that's a little more recent, um, Tau, okay, everyone had their three Riptides. Well, once we see events happening more often with Tau, like, are Riptides the still the go-to suit, or is it something else? A lot of a lot of talk I've heard has been it's broadsides now. Back to the good old broadside bricks. Yeah, that's something we'll have to see. And there's quite a few other builds in there, so who knows? Um, in terms of what we'll kind of build out, we have some town news later in the show, so we'll talk about what some of the top players have been playing with uh, the new codex. So yeah, and also, and then the last piece with the offseason, you kind of touched on it earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Reese made an announcement. Hey, TOs, hang in there. We'll have an update for um, how to run things and some changes they're making to the ITC and how to update events. Expected on Monday. Well, t- today is Monday. It's Valentine's Day. Uh, didn't get out on time. Do I fault them for it? Absolutely not. You know, they just wrapped up the largest event. Um, it takes their entire company to run that event, and then they have to go back to their daylight day jobs, basically. And uh, so it might be out sometime this week. The hard part is because there's no pause, events are happening. So it's like, am I approving tokens as the regional rep under the old rules? Is there any new rules? Um, got a lot of questions from TOs who are trying to plan events now, you know, for the rest of the, at least the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Don't have answers for them. I'm still using last year's season rules. So. And that goes back to, remember, we got rid of RTTs, GTs, and majors, distinctions, and all that stuff. So can I run an event like this? Can I run an event like that? I don't know. I mean, I guess so. (laughs) At at that point, what you'll need to tell them is, okay, if you want to ask me for a token, tell me how many tables you are planning to have. Tell me how many, like, like, all these other things to not so much give them a status, just like, okay, um, here, like, here's your token. Um, I can't tell you what it's going to be. Just make sure you're not a fire hazard and yeah, everyone can drink water. Okay. What are your local COVID restrictions at this point? And go from there. So anyway, so speaking of new things coming down, you know, a lot more previews of the Craftworld Eldar and then the box set was released this past weekend, uh, Eldridge Omens. And this gives you uh, for $200, you're getting 16 new models. Actually, we have 15 new models and one old favorite in the Forge Feed slash Mauler Fiend dual kit. So you're getting a whole bunch of Chaos Chosen. You're getting uh, the Shroud Rudders, which are the Ranger bikes. The new Altark, the new Eldar Rangers. There's something else in there for Chaos. I can't. Thanks. I couldn't remember what it um, was. The yes. Warpsmith. So interesting. It's still a pretty good bang for your buck. But for the first time in quite some time, apparently, according to Games Workshop, this kind of flopped and did not sell very well. So I'm curious, is it the sticker shock? Because that is, it's $30 more than the last box that we had, which was the uh, Custodes and Gene Sailor Colt mashup. And significantly fewer models, especially when you compare it to Indominus. So is it fair to compare this to Indominus? Is, is this 
it's still a really good savings. I mean, you're... yeah, no, it's a it's a really solid box to buy if you're if you're looking to just split with anyone. The I think the reason why it might have not sold very well is because is because of the chaos space marine half. Because yeah, you get a new warp smith, you get new new chosen models, and you but that's really it. It's six models that you get that are new sculpts. Everything else in there you've had for forever. Like I've not seen a Mauler fiend or Forge Fiend on the table like the almost the entirety of last season. So <clears throat> is it because of the fact that Eldar get all the new stuff in there? Or is it because no one no one can find anyone to unload the Chaos Space Green half? Yeah, I, I, I think agree that's with you the there, big issue. I was okay with buying both halves. I wasn't looking to split. And um but the bigger thing was as I was thinking about it, I was looking at the chosen do I even assemble them at this point or do I wait for the codex? At least with the Eldar Codex, there's been enough official news where I can get excited about, okay, what's going to be pretty decent and what's not. And whereas the chaos stuff, there's been all through unofficial challenge, uh, channels. So I don't know if it's legit or not. And you really don't know when it's coming out. So <laughs> nothing would be worse than to put all this together and you're still running around with one boon marines until end of July. Yeah, that is uh, another big issue because, okay, we're going to keep showing off Eldar because we know Eldar is a fan favorite. It's the supposed to be the year of chaos. Like, where's where's all of the actual chaos bits? Now, sometimes they do need to not show off the main thing because they had other things planned. But at this point, the chaos reveals better be astronomically amazing to make up for. And it's interesting because I'm looking at the rumors and um, I don't know what to make of it. I'll be honest with you. Um, So, for example, these are all most of these were from Fayette 212. Um, So give you an idea what those are. But um, apparently scale space Marines will have the same treatment as the regular space Marines in that they'll have the doctrines. They have a different name for it. But they work pretty much pretty much the same idea. You choose one, and you can get to keep it for X number of turns, so that you generally your heavy weapons are first third of the game, then your rapid fire and assault weapons, then your close combat weapons. No idea if there's going to be ways to accelerate or go back or whatnot. But um, it should be interesting that it, the the way the models are set up, there's a lot of uh, what they're, um, I can't remember the name of it. it, said Death of the False Emperor, that's what I was thinking of. It's pretty much just a universal rule. Mm-hmm. So they get exploding sixes on everything. Now is it all infantry, every model, just rapid, who knows? And that's what we're trying to figure out. So it, it seems like a much more offensive output army. So that sounds really exciting. But there's also all these confusing things like, the, you know, the new match play rules. You cannot mix sub-factions. Will they be an exception? Because that's kind of their lore, you know, that you have multiple warbands, that you would have um, mm-hmm. Crimson um, uh, crimson Slaughter with Alpha Legion or something like that. 
we, we all know it's actually alpha legion is everyone but yeah, not everyone point. is alpha legion um but like to touch on that kind of idea like pulling up eldar they have specific rules for using harlequins and corsairs and they can also like ally with Drukari um, on only right? if you make everything in your army anari which may not be that bad i'm okay. not trying to figure out i'm not really sure what you give up by being anari it seems like anari is just going to be a additional craft world now yeah but that entire thing of here here's these rules that you can actually soup your army together and get around the match play issue like sure you don't get to take like oh here's my craft world and here's my mask it's here's my craft world and then my masks with well my harlequins with like no no specific ability as far as um it's that's what's kind of hard to understand with the previews at this point is the masks even still exists i'm not sure if they do but you're absolutely right if you have you can splash in a patrol of harlequins into a craft world or a Jukari army with no uh, downside. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Is that going to be the same for chaos with demons? Or what happens with a chaos knight? How does that work? So it's still so many, there are more questions than answers at this point. So yeah, if you're splitting the box thinking like, yeah, those bottles look cool. What am I going to be stuck with? You know, know, a warp smith uh, does what mm-hmm. now and chosen am i still doing the four plasma guns like fifth edition or are they some are they are they now chaos custodes and they're really awesome or are they just underpowered you know uh, uh, like honor guard who knows so yeah i mean the way you see them right now in the random lists that you see them they have lightning claws and melters. It's right. actually yeah, not all a bad over the place. Thing. And um, <laughs> which is actually better than like they used to be. I mean, all of mine are plasma guns from my fifth edition list. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, you know, but from the rumors, and I'll just give it away now because it's kind of a list I was thinking about doing. Apparently, Black Legion get a plus a um, they they get exploding fives if they target the closest model. So think about that five chosen, probably near characters so they get reroll once to hit with exploding flies with plasma guns <laughs> and overcharging those bad boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know in one game I had with um with Night Lords the other weekend um, a unit of like six chosen with lightning claws they had exploding fours in melee and they, they yeah. ate an yeah, entire like rig. <laughs> I just went, ah. No. <laughs> That's not nice. And get this, supposedly one of the abilities that I saw in that same rumors was, you know how, all right, if, so let's say you take, back to that, I take Night Lord's Chosen. Not only will they get all these nifty new abilities, you can choose just for the Chosen one of the build-your-own-chapter tactics. So instead of getting two, just that unit gets one. So imagine, huh. okay, not only do they eviscerate your kill rig, oh, they're minus one damage, or they're 
they're getting some other nifty ability. You're just like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, we'll just have to honestly hope that Chaos actually gets something really flavorful for themselves, because obviously we have the three... Three and a half, if you include the wannabe Dirk Mechanicus people um, that right. want to soup all their armies together and be and be like, I'm Mark of Corn everything or Mark of Slanesh and all this other fun stuff. Yeah, be pretty cool. So, I don't know. Keep our, our fingers crossed and see what happens. And um, meanwhile, those models are still available. So, support your local game store because apparently they may be sitting at a few boxes. Yeah, buy those boxes instead of buying the Tau ones because we don't need any more Tau out in the field. More (laughs) truth can be seen. Are you a gamer that has more bare plastic than you have time to paint? Do paintbrushes spontaneously combust when you hold them? If either of these is true, contact White Crow Studios and get your models painted by a college-trained professional painter. You can contact Bo at whitecrow.commissions at gmail.com and view his previously painted models at White Crow Studios on Facebook. In England, so we're going to uh, Burial to England for the first major event of the season. We're going to Bournemouth. I don't know where Bournemouth is, but I know their uh, soccer team is terrible. And um, they have really cool uniforms, though. But they're, <laughs> they're, not doing, they're struggling a bit. Anyway, as I mentioned, this, is, this event was uh, quite large, and it was a who's who of top players from England. Matter of fact, uh, the top five looks something like this. Fifth place, Michael Costello with Death Watch. Fourth place, Vincent Chandler with the Deptus Custodes. Ben Jones with the Deptus Custodes. Vic Vijay with Tower Empire. And Alex Harrison winning the event. Just edging out Vic Vijay. Both were undefeated at 7-0, but getting slightly just nine more victory points. Alex Harrison also with Tower Empire. So, no, I did not repeat myself. If you look at the top ten, Custodes, 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 Tyranids with Manny Chima, Death Watch, Custodes, Custodes, Tau Tau. Yep. Um, I'm happy that there are more Custodes players, <laughs> but why are they all right there? I I know with um <clears throat> the, the second place finish of Custodes at LVO, that was a humongous thing of, well, Custodes must have something. But then again, Custodes have always been just a really solid army. They just take the right person to get them there. So the fact that this event is made up of like the top 10 players, it's at like more than 50% are all Custodes. <laughs> It's just a um. Hmm. There's definitely something going on. There. <laughs> uh, yeah, I believe it's called a kata. Mm-hmm. I I did not sneeze. <laughs> so before we get into the custodes, let's take a look at Alex Harrison's winning list. So again, Tao. So uh, I will speak the list, and uh, Robert will translate for the rest of the the group. <laughs> I, I will attempt, because yes, I'm holding a Tau Codex. It does not mean I will know exactly what it all, right. all does. But so I he's playing Tau. He's using his Sept choice is the Tau Sept, which if I remember right, they had... Actually, I don't remember what they do anymore. Anyway, yeah, you can look that up. While, yeah. Oh. 
So uh, Ethereal and Longstrike in the uh, HQ slots. Troop choice is Kroot. This is only a patrol. Yep. Sorry, it's only a patrol. I was trying to figure out why you only have one troop choice. Crew Carnivore squad of 10. Apparently you have something called Quill Grenades. Oh, that's new. In the fast attack choice, you have some uh, Kroot Hounds, a unit of four. And then starts a second patrol. And this is, of course, also Tau Sept. And he starts with a commander in a crisis suit with the Precision Hunter uh, Willer trait. Fusion Blaster, Ottinger Gauntlet, Plasma Rifle. He also has Promising Pupil Stratagem. I'm not sure what that does. And a Tau Flamer with a mm-hmm. Target Lock and Thermoneutronic Projector, along with two Marker Drones. So from the bit that I know, the bit that I was reading earlier before the show, I'm assuming the Promising Pupil is the extra roller uh, okay. trait for another character stratagem because the Ethereal is, <clears throat> I believe the Ethereal has to be the Warlord. That would make sense. If he's in your okay. detachment. Well, in your army. Um, then when I, the, so fun fact, the Crisis Battlesuit actually initially I don't think comes with the marker late keyword you have to give it the marker late keyword uh-huh. by attaching the drones to it because I believe yeah because commander in crisis battle suit yeah no it does not initially have the marker light keywords so <clears throat> marker lights are not abundant anymore um, but I actually did find okay. the actual page with the Tau Sept on it. Do? So, so they have the <laughs> Lord and behold, they have the Salamander reroll. Um, they automatically add three inches Ooh. to all aura abilities, up to a maximum of twelve. So it sounds like you can have some pretty big bubbles. Um, and each time a model within this Sept, um in tones and invocation, I'm assuming it's like mm-hmm. the chaplain litanies that is not an aura or it uses an ability in the command phase. So basically it's you're buffing your characters to have bigger auras initially. And those are the main things because I'm um, looking at the rest of this, of this list from where we left off. Um, that's one, two, three, four, five, Six, seven, eight, nine, ten crisis suits, all with um, airburst fragmentation projectors, plasma rifles, target locks. Um, one of them, the other unit has all has plasma rifles and flamers and oh dear, like eye blasters. <laughs> From the stats that I saw on those things, the ah, yeah, they're those um, and they all have shield drones. Yeah, each unit has yeah, each unit has five shield drones, and um, also I'll have velocity trackers, which I have to look up what they do. Um, Velocity trackers. Each time a range attack is made by the bearer against a unit that can fly, all right, add one to the attack's hit roll. And the other one is target one per model. That used to be allowed them to fire more than one weapon, but I don't know what it does now. Target lock ignores light cover. Yeah, um, the airburst fragmentation projectors are there, I believe. 
oh, yeah, that's the bodyguards. There you go. Um, yeah, those are the um, 24-inch D6 shots of blast strength 4 AP 1-1 one, one damage. That doesn't need line of sight is the air bursting. And then, yeah, plasma rifles are very much that. Plasma rifles, strength 8, AP 4, flat 3 damage. That's actually There's a big no change to the, or uh, strength 6. That was the whole thing. They didn't get hot because the tower smart enough to turn down the heat. <laughs> yeah. And then the Tau Flamers are Assault D6 plus 2 what? Flamers. Strength 4, Dude. no AP, 1 damage. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the one Cichlid that's in there, that's still basically the same. That's the one that can overcharge. Um, and then all the other ones have the Plasma Rifles. The Iridium Bat... In- oh. So anything that has an Iridium Battle Suit has a 2-up armor okay. save. Otherwise, these things have a 3-up armor save. So um, anyway, those are those are expensive units. Those are almost as much as um, well. Those are more expensive yeah. than my yeah, bike squad's for one that, He has his three hundred fifteen points with all the cyclic ion blasters. The ones with the airburst fragmentation projectors. That's three hundred twenty-five points. And I'm just realizing each of the ones with the airburst has two of them. Oh, you're right. Ooh. And a plasma rifle. So that's two. Yeah, that's two D six non line of sight shooting per suit. Those put my wow. squid buggies to shame. Ten, yeah, <laughs> ten D six uh, for that squad. Wow, I did not realize that. That is um, troubling. Yeah. Um, then to round out the detachment, I wouldn't say round out, but fill up the rest of the army. Um, he has two units of Vespid Stingwings, which are the... I know they can naturally deep strike themselves, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then two units of four... No, one, two, three broadsides. Yeah, all with heavy rail rifles, <laughs> twin smart missile systems, which also do not need line of sight. And all of them have velocity trackers, along with uh, four shield drones. Yeah. So on top of the two instrument missile systems not needing line of sight, oh, they wow. also ignore light cover. Naturally. Oh, boy, enough, I believe like the heavy rail rifle, not as nasty as the hammerhead one, but it does still do some automatic mortal wounds, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah, it's a um it's still a last cannon of strength nine, D three plus three damage. But on the unmodified, so on a successful wound roll, it's one mortal wound in addition to all normal damage. It's like two shots per suit. So using a similar strategy to something like Custodes with Emperor's Chosen, um, he's taking maximum efficiency of the one reroll from Tau Sept in those suit units. Oh. It's better in the broadsides, but it's not really good in the crisis suits because yeah, crisis suits just have a bunch of shots. So let's look at Vic Vijay. He came in second, uh, also going undefeated, and also doing Talcept, also doing the patrol thing. Uh, also has the ethereal along with a commander crisis battle suit, slightly different loadout. He gave him um, exemplar of the Monka, which gives him a bonus for the uh, that particular fighting style. 
Everesting Fragment Projector and a Cyclic Ion Blaster along with a Domination Fragment Launcher. I, I'm assuming that is probably a relic of some kind. Um, that is actually a prototype system. So it is so similar to um, Captain Commander or Chapter Command traits. These are actual bonuses that you can pay for. So a Dominator Fragmentation Launcher um, gives him a 24-inch D6 Strength 5 AP2 1 damage um, Fragmentation Launcher. But it has Blast, no line of sight, and each time it shoots with the weapon, if any hits or score... Oh, this is the leadership bomb. So it, if it hits you, you automatically take minus, minus four, four to your leadership cow. characteristic. <laughs> I want that. Yeah. <laughs> My phantom grade launchers stink. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. The, this gun can scare custodes. Uh. It put me down to leadership seven. <laughs> so as I mentioned, she also has the ethereal there. Interesting in the troop choice, he's got ten fire warriors. All with plasma rifles, so a little different. Mm-hmm. Once again, a large unit of this time five crisis suits. Uh, each one, so he takes the iridium battle suit to get the two up armor. I'm assuming that's going to be the tank. It also gives him a shield generator, so it's going to tank as many wounds mm-hmm. as he can on that. Followed by all the other crisis suits have plasma rifles, cyclic ion blasters, and shield generators along with a flamethrower. Huh. Yeah, so the shield generator, uh, this 359-point unit all has four, four up oh, and wow. saves. <laughs> yeah, well, because of the shield generators, so taking it on the um, the Shasui that has the written battle suit and the generator, that's a two-up, four-up. That's oh, that is also got seven shield drones in this, <laughs> in this unit as well. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, then in the fast hold, hold on, slot, on. he has four one more question drones. For you. Early warning override. I, the yeah. old version of this was the shoot ah. things that come from deep from reserves. Is that still what it does? Because the early warning I override is, is what? Well, it's, I was curious in where do you yep. see it. Oh, right there. It's buried in the last Yes, very in the last one. So the early warning override, um, each time it fires Overwatch, that, yeah, each time the bearer, so that specific crisis suit hits on fives in Overwatch. Um, and each time it fires Overwatch, if the bearer is on the battlefield and it's selected to fire Overwatch, it makes the Overwatch stratagem free. So it reduces That's it by terrible. one. Okay, I think I'd rather have to shoot things from reserve, but okay. Yeah, that's um, it's pretty tame because that unit, if it gets overwatched, well, if it's overwatching something, it will most likely kill it <laughs> with the all the cyclic ion blasters and the plasma rifles and the flame aesthetic system that single unit. <laughs> All right, as you were saying, yeah, a unit of four tactical drones. Uh, looks like they're marker drones. The mm-hmm. unit of three broadsides, also yep. with the heavy rail rifle and smart missile system. This time around, the with um, that's okay. Um, go ahead, Eric, advanced sorry. targeting system. I'm not familiar with that. So that was, traditionally, that was a plus one to uh, hit. Is that still the case? 
Um, this in this case, it's unmodified hit roll of a six <laughs> automatically wounds the target. <sighs> and um, crushing bulk. Okay. That's something I'll have to find. Um, but then he has six drones attached to it, two marker light drones and four shield drones. Hmm. This almost sounds exactly like something Richard Siegler would play back in Nathan. You know, the funny part is back in the day, the very first formation it came out on Christmas Day. I forgot what year. I want to say like 2015, 2016. Was a Tau uh, broadside unit. It was like somehow it linked like two broadside units together into a single formation. And people were like, their minds were just blown. How is this possible? Okay, oh, and I found out what the crushing bulk is. It's just their, uh, oh. it's just their melee weapon profile. Not excited. <laughs> yeah, it lists as a, as another weapon. So essentially, you have a broadside looking yeah. at someone and just falling <laughs> over on them to do damage. Um, and then he has yet another patrol with a cold star commander. Um, another unit of ten fire warriors. Five oh more crisis suits. <laughs> um, all, all of them with ion blasters, all of them with plasma rifles, double plasma rifles. This is a 400 point generators. unit. <laughs> this is included. Yeah, shield generators and four marker light drones and four shield drones. And then he has three random stealth suits. I love those units. Man. I'm sorry. I think they're awesome. <laughs> I actually would have bolted out the six so I can do... Oh, I'm not sure what actions he's going to be doing with them, but they're pretty cool. Uh, one last unit of Vespit Stingwings, and then to round it all off is a Supreme Command Detachment of Shadow I don't know. She could be taking that slot. That's really cool. Uh, it's because of the fact that I think Shadow Sun in this book... She, yep, she got the Supreme Commander keyword, just like um, Gasgol Thraka did. So, got so they can be taken either in the actual detachment or they can be taken in a Supreme I did Command not know detachment. That. That's good to know. Mm, it's because there's still only a HQ choice, not something hmm. weird. All right. But otherwise, yeah, that's um. That's a lot of so what I've learned a from lot this, of dice rolling. I need to find a way to get through five crisis suits with a four up involved and an extra six or a, no, an extra four shield drones. Yep, because the shield drones also. So, shield drones, for anyone that doesn't know yet, they move 10 inches, they are toughness four, they have two wounds, and they have a four up armor save. Naturally. Um, but the shield drones. Duh, 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 duh. So <clears throat> there's two different versions. There's the normal drone and then the shield missile drone. So they both give a, f they both have a four up invuln save. It's just the missile drone obviously comes with a missile. I body. believe those are on the planes. I don't think they're readily available. Yeah. Either way, it exists. <laughs> Um, now the blah, 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 blah. So the drones are ignored for lookouts, sir. So the lookout drones cannot protect huh. characters. Okay. If I'm reading that right. 
Yeah, models are ignored for the purposes of lookouts here, determining the unit's starting strength, determining the unit's toughness characteristic. So quite literally, it's not a... It's not like um, the Mortarian and the Death Shroud Terminators taking the shots for him kind of thing. It's you're hitting and wounding against the actual unit involved. Um, and then the yeah limited parameters. If this unit contains only drone models, it cannot. So that one unit that this gentleman has where it's only the four tactical drones. Um, that unit cannot perform actions except for the marker light action. Um, Dock drones. It's actually really hard to... Because as far as I can tell, it doesn't have... There's no, like, savior protocols linked to it, I think, as far as I can find. But I will bring that back up when need be. So that way we yeah. may continue oh, on goodness. from the Tau Menace. Yeah, trying to learn from that. Interesting, they seem to be light on troops. Both you know, both these guys skewed. So um Vic used a single unit. Yeah. Yeah, they went really they went really, really light with them. So I have to read through the book because they're weight. Yeah. The other fun fact is is No, you go ahead. That's right. You got the book. Go ahead. Uh, um the the fun thing is, is that the strike teams, they only come in a unit of ten. They cannot be, they cannot be upgraded to any size, larger or smaller. It really? is like you That's get ten or you get none. Be, uh, six, six and twelve. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and it's the same thing across creature teams. Um, the crew carnivores, though, can go from ten to twenty. <laughs> right. They're your um, super treat. Super cheap troop choice. Yeah, they're kind of they're like reverse orcs. They have low toughness, high strength. So okay. Hey listeners, this is Raymond with the Extreme Honest Podcast here to talk to you about KR cases. If you're like me and you're constantly looking for that better way to store your armies, then look no further than KR cases. That's right. This is the foam company known for their soft blue foam in the cardboard cases. They're great way to mix and match whenever you're heading out for that next tournament you can just swap out those boxes and no need to worry about switching the foam in and out they're sturdy the boxes help protect your models and if you when you order they come fast the order is right and for a better price than the other guy so go to krcases.com and when you place your order, be sure to mention the Exterminatus podcast. So, do they have ability mm-hmm. to get give the crisis suits opsec? Um. Well, I'm finding that out so far because the from what I can see, when you compare something like the strike team set up to deploy, blah blah. Okay, infantry, fire, marching foot. Um, I'm not seeing any initial abilities that show the the crisis suits becoming obsec. But let's see, yeah, sept keyword battle suits. Yeah, no, nothing in the battle suits actual keyword shows them as getting obsec and. 
but they do have a Manta Strike, and Manta Strike is the natural. We have scattered ice in all the yards. <laughs> well, I mean, if no. there was scattered ice, you could at least miss that, but no, no. <laughs> um, and inspired by greatness. Okay, so the important thing that can happen with um, Tau Empire Core, Tower Auxiliary, if they're within six inches of an ethereal model, excluding Farsight Enclaves, until the start of your next command phase, one of those key, one of the core or auxiliary units that you selected can shoot without Ooh. failing an action. So, um, crisis suits are core. So yeah, I'm going to have to dig through this book a little bit more to see if I can find anything where there's like specific things for like saber protocols or something like that. Are now a stratagem. But um, it does look like reading over this list because like the crisis battle suits, you pay for the shield drones. So the shield drones are literally part of this unit. So they can't wander off and protect right something else it's they are that was the thing i hated about attached to that the old towel list was like there's a unit of drones over here they're now protecting me and then there's another unit so it wasn't even their part of the unit it was like literally the fast attack choices which are like 10 and 12 deep you're just like what the heck is that (laughs) yeah so with that thought process that actually makes sense why um that one unit of marker drones is by itself because that unit of marker drones is probably um, only supposed right. to do marker lights. It's not and supposed to do four anything shots else. Hitting on, so three ups or four ups is how that new marker system works. I know it's an action now in the command phase. Yep, I will find that again because I did not see it somewhere else yet. But um, otherwise, yeah. The way this army sounds like it plays, it, I'm going to hate saying this, aside from the drones, overwhelming yeah. firepower, and I love it. <laughs> I know I keep asking you a lot of questions, and you're flipping through the book as fast as you can. I, so, all right, did you find the marker lights? Let's, let's go over that question there. Uh, no. Okay. No, I have not found and the marker. So then I'll bother you with the uh, crisis suit question then. But that's crisis what, that's suits are now what? They're so T four with three wounds. Mm-hmm. They go up. Well, that one I can answer okay. you really quick because I know where that page is. Um, crisis suits are T five with four. T five with four wounds. Okay, then they went up. All right. And a base okay, three up insane. armor save. And for you, for you, crafty Eldar, well, dark Eldar, torture people, um, their base leadership is eight, nine with the um, Shasfrey, so the sergeant. So they could lose half the unit before they even start making saves without any modifiers. Wow. Okay. Okay, so I think I might have finally found the marker light action thingy. So there we go. Yeah, the marker light action. So one or more marker light units start perform this action. 
aircraft marker lights. So if a if for some reason you have an aircraft marker light unit, which I think right. is only like a handful of those, um, <clears throat> it's completed at the start of your next shooting phase. If this action is completed successfully for each model in that unit, oh Jesus, um, is equipped with one or more marker lights. For each marker light that model is equipped with, select one enemy within 36 inches of that model. That would be an eligible target for that model if its unit had been selected to shoot. And roll 1d6 on a 3+, plus, the oh, enemy gets the marker okay. light token. Yeah, but it's 4. So this unit of 4, within 36 inches of itself, can give out like right. up to 4 marker light tokens. Um. While a vehicle or drone unit is performing the fire mark lights action, the unit can move without the action failing. If it does, until the end of the turn, models in that unit without the vehicle or drone keyword, they're equipped with any marker lights or treated as not being... Basically, clarifying if a vehicle does it, it can't fail if it moves, whereas if infantry can, um, I think it can't fail. Um, so, yeah. But here's what they actually do. Each time a model in that unit makes a ranged attack against a unit that, with one or more marker light tokens, add one to the hit roll. And the other effect is after that unit has finished making attacks, for each enemy unit targeted by those attacks, remove one marker light token from that enemy unit. Right. And then they all go away at the end of the shooting phase. Oh boy. All right. And if I, yeah, everybody plus one to hit. Oh, jeez. Now it is only on units that the marker light drone, the marker light drones could actually see, I believe, because it has to be eligible to also shoot at the target. Okay. That one I might have to question a little bit more, but yeah. So if I, I think this game is going to become a game of how much non lights, non line of sight shooting can. Sorry, yeah, have. I've been kind of on that heading that direction for quite some time now. So it's, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right, <laughs> let's take a look at Ben Jones. Get a little more in the back into our comfort zone here with Adeptus Custodes. He's one of the uh, six that finished in the top ten. In the top of the bunch. Yep. So this Yep. So this one, I, I can go through it super fast because Tau segment took a lot. Um, but <clears throat> It is Emperor's Chosen. It has a term a Terminator Captain. It has a five up field no pain. He has one free deny. That's plus one. And he can also count as double the amount of models for OPSEC. So he can count as four models. With a spear, Emissary Cordia, Victorian plate, so he says six. He has six, he's stuffed into six, has a teleport shunt into combat. <laughs> that's fun. Um, he has and he has Unstoppable Destroyer as his Captain Commander trait, so he has an extra inch pile in. Um, then he has a White Captain with a minus one to hit Warlord trait, a Misericordia, a Missile Launcher, because why not? Um, and then he has the Tip of the Spear, which gives him plus one to rerolling ones to hit and wound if he charges. And then he has Trajan. His troops are one unit of Custodian Guard uh, with a spear and then two sword and board, one unit of Prosecutors, one mat, one huge brick of Sagittarium Custodes 
with Misericordia's because they still have to pay for theirs. Um, then the elite slots, he has one, two, a total of five Aloris Terminators in three separate units. And then his fast attack slot is a total of nine Virtus Praetors, all with missiles. Oh my god. Yeah, he's taking maximum effect of the Emperor's Chosen reroll. <laughs> so how does this list play? Um, it plays very cagey, because the um, those three units of bikes, since you only have three shots with them, you really need to pick and choose your targets carefully. Now, each of the missiles are D3 plus 3 damage, and if they get into combat, they will most likely pick up a handful of models. Um, the Terminators, though, are where I'm a little iffy, because this two units of single Terminators, I understand they can like you can put you can leave them on an objective in light cover and whatnot and given you don't have it be ignored um they'll have a one-up save and they have a whole bunch of toughness to just survive things the sagittarium um that yeah. many shot nope I like, no, I apologize. I've been, over there. I've been doing some. I've been trying to mute as much as I can, as I've been coughing. I got some sort of nasal discharge, and it just was kind of making. It... Okay. <laughs> yes, I know. No, because it's just you look at the army. So I'm looking. It's a very travel-friendly army. I'm looking at these. Oh, I got a few units, but I'm trying to figure out what do these all do. You know, can can these few models do the job? Yeah, and uh, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, the um, the the keystones of the of um, Ben Jones's list were the Sagittarium and the Virtus Praetors. Because the Sagittarium, that many, that's going to be like fifteen strength five AP one two damage shots at thirty six inches. Those will most likely pick right. up any kind of shaft unit that pokes its head out. Wow. The the bikes, since they move fourteen inches. He has a good amount of board control, and the Terminators can easily just drop in, charge into something. So his list is actually really flexible from what I was able to see. And then the one unit of Prosecutors is something that he can do for like an easy um, action unit because of the fact that they're troop choices. So they can do Noxman data and not okay. fail. You can also do that. Interesting. He still has the two Taliban in there. So are they just kind of hold down the, the midboard? Is that what their general rule is? Well, I I'm a dummy. <laughs> I miss those Talibans. I I, screw, I looked over everything because um, no no um, ah I know what I was doing. I was looking at um, Vincent Chandler's list, not Ben Jones. <laughs> Oopsies. Oops. So, <laughs> to correct myself, um, Ben Jones's list by Captain Trajan, Inquisitor Draxus, Tilda Swinton, right? Single unit of custodians. Six. That's Inquisitor, that's the Tilda Swinton one, right? Uh, yep, that's exactly a it. A lady yep. with a dragon, that's all I know. If you've seen um, <laughs> uh, um, Doctor Strange, you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> ah. 
Then he has a total. Uh, he has three custodians and three wardens. The wardens are a bodyguard unit, and they have the actual bodyguard keyword. So that means um, people like Trajan can charge in and not get overwatched. That's rude. <laughs> um, two unit, yeah, the two units of vertebrators. So again, six shots of melted bikes, and then yeah, the two telemons. So these are. The cheapy cheap um, telemons, where they have a punchy fist and then the um, lots of shot, the um, the four shotguns that are strength seven, AP three, two damage. So they can punch through armor really well. And also, these guys are just tanky. It's hard to chew through a, a toughness eight, two up armor save, and a four up invuln. With a four up feel, no pain, mortal wounds. And it's minus one damage, and has a natural six. All right then. <laughs> yeah. So his list is definitely more tanky, and he wants to have choice targets for his Virtus Praetors. And then that unit of custody of Alorus Terminators is definitely more flexible of coming in. And I'm noticing that more people are bringing Guardian Spears rather than the axes, because the um. The Guardian Spears are only AP two, where well, the yeah the axes are only AP two, whereas the spears are AP three, so the spears get through more armor, but are lower hmm. strength. So like um the Castellan axes would be good going into the orc buggy matchup because they would get up to strength eight, so the buggies wouldn't ignore the damage, whereas the Guardian Spears only get up to strength seven. Interesting. Yeah. The, the Wardens are... Yeah, no, he literally took everything with as much AP as he can shove in there. <laughs> yeah. So, um, both of... Both Ben Jones and Vincent's lists are incredibly flexible in what they need to do, because in um, Ben Jones's list, the Telemons can exist on an objective... Whereas um, Vincent's Vincent's has more mobility because he has so many bikes, and if he feels like he needs, if he feels like he needs to dedicate all the bikes into a single thing, he can. Like um, I think that many bikes could conceivably pick up something like a lower wow. skulls in a single turn. Are there any other Castuzas that kind of caught your attention? Um, yeah, not that I bothered to look at yet because <laughs> it's, it, it's going to be a lot of the same, like, um, pulling up Dan Bates is really quick. It's Trajan, a bike captain, two units of three custodians, two spears and a sword and board, um, two units of prosecutors, three Achilles dreadnoughts. So those are the spear ones, and then nine bikes. Now, one unit has her has hurricane bolters instead of missile launchers, but that comes down to a point. So there. if you're looking for a, a portable army, look no further than Manny Chima. Uh, he brought uh, the uh, Crusher Stampede list, uh, High Fleet Leviathan, featuring a Hive Tyrant, a Swarm Lord, a unit of six Hive Guard, two Diamond Karens, and three Scythe Hirudals. Um, so, so we're going to count this together. That's 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's a really models. easy to carry yeah. army. Now, given those are all fairly, yeah, they're all fairly large models. <laughs> that's um, yeah, that's still that's still yeah. really easy to carry around. Some, some pretty funny stuff. Um, interesting enough. Uh, Gene Steeler Cult coming in twelfth place. So interesting that you know, custodes have really taken off. But Gene Steeler Cult, which came out the same weekend, not so much. Yeah, I'm. I think it's because the skill, like the initial entry of skill with custodes compared to Gene Steeler Colts, is very different. Custodes are very easy to play because they all hit on twos. They have high strength weapons, and they're all incredibly tough. Whereas Gene Steeler Colt, yeah, you, you gotta use more than like two percent of your brain. Uh, <laughs> the, the great menace of Drukari. Uh, yeah, well, they uh, only finished. Find it here. Thirteenth, uh, and that is Polly Wallace from the Real Space Raiders podcast, going at five one and one. So. Uh, beautiful army, by the way, if you ever have a chance to see it, because it was in White Dwarf a couple of years ago. But that's how good it was. But, yeah, no, otherwise, um, we are, this is my opinion on what the meta is going to look like for the next two months. We are going to see a lot of more custodes, because they're a really strong choice, because into Tau, the only things that scare us are the hammerhead railguns. Sure, we lose invulnerable saves to those. Otherwise, everything else we still get an invulnerable save to, basically. And we all have two-up armors. So we still have really high durability into almost a lot of Tau. And plus, they still need to see us, usually. <laughs> Unless you're taking, like, smart missile systems and whatnot. Um... But we are going to see a good population of Tau, though, that kind of creep out of the woodwork and go, I've had all six of these hammerheads for years. Suspicious look around the room. Um, That's interesting, because um, you know, back in the day, the uh, crisis suits, they were three-man squads. Now they're falling up to six. Uh, you could probably... Here's a question. Why don't you why, just take a Vanguard unit? <laughs> Attachment, and then you can take uh, <laughs> six units of six. Like granted, those were all around 300, 400 points. Yeah, you've been well over two thousand points in crisis suits right there. But ah! <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's because of the fact that I th believe Tal also have a similar restriction to like how um, Gene Steeler Colts, um, Custodes, and Orcs are, where we can only take one copy of a, of a, like a commander huh. data sheet per detachment or something. So, like, I think for Tau, it's, you can only have one ethereal yeah, so actually I found it right here. You can only include a maximum of one commander model in each detachment. Otherwise, unless you're Farsight Enclaves, then you get two. So at that point, 
um, like Vic and Alex, they can only take up to three commanders in total, or six if they play Farsight. That's okay. That's interesting. It's um, it's a similar restriction to like how orcs can only take one war boss keyword per detachment. Right. It's a it was a balancing thing. Kind of like also with death card, you can only take so many pox walkers per um, poop uh, turn. You know, actual like yeah, poop marines. <laughs> poop marines. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. It is very much a. I believe they take the multiple detachments to have have access to those options, instead of not doing it and wishing they had it. So, look up the ethereal here for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the um, I was actually wrong. The ethereal does not have any kind of abilities that specifically say, um that he has to be your warlord if he's in your army. So I think that's only Shadow Sun has to be your be your warlord because she's that's a very interesting. Okay. So I agree with you. This seems to be you know at the very least the success is on the wall and you know you're two of England's best players beating out quite a few of I mean, basically the only top English player that wasn't there was uh, Malik uh, Rubio. So Wow, <laughs> you know, quite a debut for uh, Tau mm-hmm. in their first weekend out in uh, the in the ITC. So, a quick, great season debut. So, um, we will watch that closely. We'll be keeping track also some new stats for here on the show. But um, wow, trying to figure out how to chew through six crisis suits with four up involves. Oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, um, judging just by the math between my unit of bikes to a unit of crisis suits, um, the crisis suits will win out in the sh- went out in shooting, and the custodes might be able to take it away in melee because of the fact that that many crisis suits. <clears throat> it's going to take me at least four successful wounds to kill a single crisis suit. Because, yeah, the crisis... Nope, crisis suits are each only four wounds, like I said earlier. I was thinking of the broadsides, who are a lot thicker, being eight wounds. So, yeah, the crisis suits, if they fail, two saves against um, any custode melee, because from what I saw, they didn't have any damage reduction. Two failed saves of any kind. That's my last question. Yeah, did Tau have access to damage reduction of any kind? Um, let me absolutely double check here. So, first, let's look at the actual data sheets. Da, 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 da. Okay. Um. So, no initial war gear on them initially. That says damage reduction. Um, Yeah, no, the crisis suits do not have any kind of damage reduction war gear. And neither do the broadsides. So, 
I know um, our friend Don Hoosen had a game against them the other day and pointed out that Tau will kill wherever they look at, but Tau do still die to a, a pretty strong well, breeze. Hmm. Not to create a, an awfully mighty wind then to be able to take that out. So, my goodness. All right. Yeah. The, um, the one drone that exists that um, I would be aware of that exists are Guardian Drones. So Guardian Drones themselves have a 4-up and vulnerable save. Um, <clears throat> and each time a ranged attack against this unit, I don't know if it's, it'll specify specifically for the Guardian Drone or the unit they're attached to, probably the later. Um, they can only be wounded on threes. So, you can't have something like a Doomsday Arc cannon wound something on twos. Um, yeah, no, there's there's a lot of depth in this book that um that if a right if a strong pilot can figure it out, they can do something real, real mean. Oh boy! All right. Anything else to add for this week before we wrap things up for the night? Um, more so, I think I've officially nailed down my my travel schedule. So, as a representative of the of the podcast, if any of you want to, you know, chat or whatever, I'll be at um, Scorch Earth Open. Then Dallas Open, Atlantic City, and then from there, Ocotillo Onslaught. Those are all my big tournaments for the year. So just in case you can't find Eric (laughs) busy doing stuff, you can probably chat with me and see how things are going. Maybe get yourself on the podcast. I don't know. Yeah, obviously, uh, Scorch Earth Open coming up. There'll be uh, March I always still forget the date, 13th and 4th, 12th and 13th. Yeah. 12th and And uh, we and are 13th. still sold out at this point. The waiting list is growing as we speak. So always adding a few folks on there. So far, nobody has dropped yet, but uh, those are the waiting lists. We will notify you as soon as possible once we know uh, space has opened up. So, yeah, very excited for this particular event. Uh, love the – create. you know, we – positioned it appropriately to be the start of the ITC season. So it's a great way to start off the season before it gets too hot here down in Arizona and enjoy some really good, um, it's a really good event with a solid group of players and uh, really good tables. So I'm really excited for it. Yep. It is going to be super fun, super awesome. The, the terrain for the event is going to be great. And just plan for it every year if you need a, an escape from Absolutely. snow-covered places like the East Coast. All right. That's all the news I have as well. So we're looking forward to uh, more news from more events this coming weekend, as well as, okay, I guess the next codex to be released will be uh, Craft Worlds, then Tyranid slowly uh, on their heels after that. So hopefully we get a couple more hints of what's in the uh, bug book. Uh, curious to see how those the guys are changing at this point. Yeah, probably a lot of bad breath and a lot of teeth. 
So all really cool stuff. Anyway, so that is our show for this week. Happy Valentine's Day to all of you if you're listening to our show live. I don't know how you did that because uh, I have a secure network. So I guess that's secure as I thought. But anyway, have a great evening. And thank you for listening. My name's Eric. And thank you for listening to the Storming Dallas I'm podcast. Robert. There it goes. I'm like, stop already. <laughs> No, it will record for forever. Once you run out of memory, there we go. No, because yeah, it's still recording on my end too. (laughs) Come on, guys. After last week, have a bath.